I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, August 13, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We have a lot on the docket. I have some good stuff in the notes. We're going to go a little bit off the beaten track, but it's all going to circle around to make sense in the end. First order of business, and this is an important order of business, and it's becoming more important as the week comes to a close. Tomorrow's close, Friday's close, will be extremely important. Let's get that out of the way, right out of the chute. Traders that have taken the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader, will recognize just how important this week is. How this week closes and just the fact that this week will close tomorrow is still going to be important any way you want to look at it. Now, when we look at the daily chart, we have three main things that are going on right here. Maybe there's more than three main things, but three main things that are really jumping off the page at me today. First thing, and this is not a new thing, is we need to recognize the high from the candle that is technically still a reversal candle. The high happens to be 337.54. So while we got above that high yesterday, we closed below it. So therefore, technically speaking, that reversal candle is still operational and intact now today they put in a doji candle and the closing price was 336.81 still yet below the high from the reversal candle on the 11th just two days ago so as far as i'm concerned in my book that reversal candle is still intact now we have other things going on the trend is up the trend is your friend until it's not we know about that And we're also going to note that the trend will take precedent over one candle from two days ago. We have what we have, but we have to look around the horn. We have to look at everything there is. We have to be able to read the tape and we have to be able to decide what issue is more important than the next issue. When we're looking for things that make up the full stack, not everything in the stack is created equal. So therefore, net-net, the trend is not created the same as one candle from two days ago. What else we got? Well, that was really, instead of one, that was really two things. We have the candle from two days ago and we have the trend. So we're going to have more than three. Look at this. Some of you may have seen this before. I actually have played around with this before, but I really forgot about it until this afternoon and I was just staring at the chart, playing around with stuff. So all I did was I took the low And I connected this pivot low here. And that's it. And all I'm saying is that the market thinks that this trend line is important. How do I know that? Because the market is riding the trend line, right? I'm not making this up. I'm just looking at it, putting a line on the chart and saying, hey, the market thinks this line is important. So guess what? It's important until it's not. What happens if it breaks to the downside? Trouble. What happens if it breaks to the upside? So be it, then they're going to new highs. I'm just saying that we want to pay attention to this line for a break. This line isn't really important for upside. This line is important for a break to the downside. Of note, puzzle piece on the table, more of an awareness at this point. 
After all, the market has been riding the trend line really since the 24th of July. So what's to say they can't ride the trend line for another couple of weeks? They can. It's on the table. We'll leave it at that. What else we got? How about this one? The whole idea here is that we have to look in places that other people just don't know about, aren't looking, or simply just don't care. Let me explain this one. This is representative of the S&P 500, only it takes all 500 stocks and puts an equal weight to them. The SPY is not weighted that way. It's weighted based on however they weight the individual equities within the index. They're not all weighted the same. It's top-heavy just like every other index. So what are we looking at? Well, first off, we're looking at the same daily chart. But what we're looking at here is a high and a potential lower high. So this is interesting because what this is saying is that the S&P 500 actually isn't as healthy as one would believe by just looking at the index itself. So this is really a simple and effective way to look under the hood of the S&P. What do we call this? Well, I call this a non-confirmation signal. I think a lot of analysts out there would call this a non-confirmation signal of a breakout to new highs. Doesn't mean the market's going to turn tomorrow, but what this is is another puzzle piece and part of the awareness brigade. So you can see when we look at the weekly chart, we're nearing the all-time highs. We have other stuff on the table that matters. Now, both things could actually take place. What are both things? The market can spike up, make a new high, get up into the big fat round number camp of ES3400, SPY340, maybe a bit higher than that. And then it can also reverse rather quickly. And we're talking about not necessarily minutes. We're talking days, maybe a week. All that could happen rather quickly. And when you pan back from the future and look at history and say, oh yeah, so they spiked the high and then they collapsed back down. Now, we don't know that that's going to happen, but when you're approaching new all-time highs, you have to have the awareness that they can certainly make a new high But you have to make an assessment whether or not it's ripe that they continue going right now on another leg of a bull market for another 5 or 10% higher. What's the probability that that's going to take place versus the probability that maybe we fail around the highs, maybe we make a new high and then turn back down versus making a new high and keep going for another several months, let's say. We have an election coming up in a couple of months. We still have a crazy situation where the economy really isn't going at full tilt. Just being back at the old highs, you would have to say certainly has a whole host of good news baked in the cake. All these things mashed together are absolutely thrashing around inside my head. And as you know, that is a 100% dangerous place to be. All that being said, how do we handle that information? What do we do with it? Well, all of it, if not even just most of it, is awareness stuff because on a short-term basis, we're able to read the tape to see if something is morphing into something else. We have support. We have resistance. 
Once the market gets below or above a certain area on a certain chart, we're able to say, hey, we know that if in fact this support is broken and they start closing hourly, for example, below this number, then we know the next likely scenario is another number below. It's not bullish, but turns bearish. So that's a type of scenario that happens from an intraday basis. And what happens on an intraday basis morphs into what happens on a daily chart and beyond. See how this works? You have to basically knit together the stuff. So what's the hourly chart telling us? Anything definitive? Not really. It's riding the 20 period moving average. All the moving averages sloping upward. The trend is upward. Markets as a natural course of daily business get into a chop shop formation and go back and forth. That's the ebb and flow of a market. While it's doing the ebb and flow thing, you can also say it's a lot of times just eating time off the clock, getting ready or building energy for the next push higher if that's what's going to be. So for example, when they're hanging around former highs, former highs meaning from a more recent move. Case in point, here's a 120 minute chart. You have a breakdown candle high at 337.47. Now, by looking at this chart, we can say a couple of things. The market's in an uptrend on this 120-minute chart. Doesn't look a lot different than the 60. It's just compressed down a little bit. This breakdown candle is giving the market a little bit of trouble. Closed above it a couple of times, closed back below. The trend is up. The trend is more dominant, but they're hanging around the high. So maybe they're just not ready yet. Maybe they're just building energy, getting ready to make another push higher. The trend is dominant. You look at a 240-minute chart, it compresses down a little bit more, and you see the point. The point is, you have a breakdown candle, they're hanging around the high. If it's going to be rejected, it'll get rejected, but hanging around the high doesn't spell rejection, it spells building energy to get through it once and for all. If they are going to get rejected, they'll come back down toward the 20-period moving average. Where is it? Around 332 and change. 332 will sound familiar. 332 is an important area. It has been all week. You see how this all works? It's just like ducks on a pond. What's going on inside the numbers today? Well, wake up to basically a non-eventful flat market. Not a lot going on. So what are they doing? Eating time off the clock. Let's move along a little bit and get through some of the commentary. Right out of the chute, the early thoughts are, where's the spot? What happens if they have an early shakeout operation? Where will the buyers be willing to pick up the market? This morning, my number was 335.75 to 336 area. As a safety net, we cite the gap down below as a just-in-caser. You have to come pre-prepared. You got to show up in uniform, ready to go. Then, of course, we give both sides. So you see, what about up north? Well, they'd be trying to get up to the old highs. What cat and mouse game they play up there is anyone's guess. We have to know because we're close by, the former high is 339.08. They've been into the 338s, so they're working on it, moving right along. What you'll see around 937 is they never even got down to my number early by the dip crowd, ripped the market back up. You know the routine, right of the vertical is today's activity, five-minute chart. Here's my number at 336. Guess what? They didn't even get there early in. They got to 336.46, and then they ripped the market back up. 
early by the dip crowd. Well, guess what? They did it later. It's not the same routine into the end of the day. Obviously, the number was good, but the trade is not the same at the end of the day. Let's move up through the notes. Obviously, what I urge you to do is read the commentary, go back to the chart, double-check the work, and then go listen again and repeat, rinse, repeat again. We'll get to stocks on the move. We had ZTO, we had PING, and then, of course, we have 337. That's in the SPY. That's an important number. Let's look at 337, a little bit compressed on a 15-minute chart, and you'll see here that it is, in fact, important. So they run a test over here. The low is 337.06. Have a nice rally or bounce away. And then they give it up into the end of the day and then do what? Rally back to get above 337 before the close. However, at the closing bell, they close at 336.85. Any accidents or coincidences? I think not. So therefore, for me... Closing below 337 is important. However, if you look at the top of the chart right now as I make this video, above 337 by a few pennies. This is in the after hours activity. Doesn't really count for much. I just figured I would point it out. Let's move along, get up through the notes a little bit. It was a very quiet day for the most part until they got going on the downside in the afternoon. But for the most part, it was a garden variety chop shop formation. Here's an hourly chart, compressed yet again. For the first four hours of the day, they basically, after the morning buying frenzy, they just went sideways for four hours. Dropped down to run a test at 337, went out into the end of the day, right around and below 337. Still, any way you look at it, it's a very narrow range. Other than one spike up and one spike down, it was a narrow day. Hence, the little doji candle on the daily chart. Moving right along. Get into 10 o'clock already, the market's quiet, the volume dries up. In fact, the volume was very light all day long into the end of the day. So what happens in light volume is any type of volume can accentuate a move, whether it's on the upside or the downside, which brings me to another point that I'll get to after I get through the notes. So let me scroll up. Obviously, Pause the video, read the notes, go back to read the chart. And here's something that was going on in the middle of the day. So we put up a chart. Here was a 30-minute chart. This was a 30-minute bull flag pattern that ended up coming down to do what? Test the low of the breakup candle. You'll see that in the notes as well. As long as you know what's going on, not that every trade is going to work out if, in fact, any trader did take a trade based on any information in here. As long as you know both sides, you have to know where you're wrong. You have to know where they're headed, where resistance is, where support is. And guess what? If you follow and paint by the numbers, you're going to be right way more than you're going to be wrong following this stuff. Let's get to stocks on the move. So we had a slight list today, six stocks, ZTO and MU hit their number. Cisco jumped the target. I want to look at that chart anyway. I think it's important, a little bit of a lesson learned. And then we have PING or PING. Take note of the numbers. Let's pick them apart. ZTO, five-minute chart, haircut at the open, two numbers on the board, paint by numbers, average entry about 34.45, and guess what? Minutes later, you're at a high of 35.19. Not a home run, but it certainly is a base hit. 
Some keep going, some come back down. Traders who paint by the numbers would have booked at minimum of some of the profit. Then it turns into a risk-free, emotionless trade. Why is that? Because if it comes back down to your entry area, you can just scratch out of the rest and you still wind up with a profitable opportunity. There's nothing wrong with that. There's also nothing wrong with taking the whole thing off, up 1%, up 1.5%, take another base hit, move on to the next trade. Nothing wrong with that either. Base hits put hitters in the Hall of Fame. Here's a 15-minute chart. Not the greatest trade on the board, but it gave you the deal in the morning, and you can see the importance of the numbers. Even though they spike below, they fight back to the numbers, they banter back and forth in between the numbers, and then they close above the numbers. The numbers were important. How about MU? This one was kind of comical in a way. So they give a base hit, has a high over here of 47.17, kind of a lame base hit, kind of a... Bunt for base hit, maybe even an error on the play. Not really what we're looking for. So here's what happened. I'm still in the trade. I don't sell when it pops up. I'm not able to catch it today. Frankly, I was looking for more. Now, they come back down and I'm willing to play again at 46.15. What's the low over here? How about 46.16? Where do they go? Right back up to the second number. Now... Here's an off-track type of situation. The volume is drying up across the market. They just came up short of the second number and are now bouncing away. So I break the rules. I chase it up a little bit. I buy it about 46.23 and I sell it back up near the second number for a little bit of a gain and I move on. Now, why would I break the rules and what was my other side? In other words, what was my safety net or ripcord? If they started closing candles below 46.15, I probably would have gotten concerned. I would have realized I made a mistake. I likely would have left the party and I definitely would have told you about it because I broke the rules and I got caught. It would have been a good lesson learned, but that's not what happened. But here's the reason I did it. The volume was so light, the market was in sleep mode. What happens when the volume is that light? Generally speaking, not all the time, but I took a calculated risk. My calculated risk is that my second number got front ran, not really, but coming up one penny short and bouncing away tells me the number was good. Maybe my number was off a little bit, but there is support down there. The volume's drying up. The path of least resistance in light volume is sideways to higher. If the market overall can get some kind of a rally going, most of the stocks will catch a bid too. And at that point, I'm really no different than anybody else. I'm not looking for a blockbuster trade at that point. I'm looking to get out. It didn't work. It only worked for a trader that bought down near the second level. But that wasn't me. And then you could see here that the second worked again. And you can see that the Stock basically hung around the second level or the second price for a cup of coffee all afternoon long. Let's have a quick one-minute discussion on the rules. Why would I break the rules and I did it twice in like the last week? A, I don't normally break the rules. B, I'm a big boy and so are you. You can break the rules. I have a set of rules. We know if we follow the rules, we're better off than if we don't follow the rules. However, 
The rules aren't set in stone every single day for every single trader. These are my guidelines that I think traders should operate their business by. But on one day, on one trade, in one situation, I decide to break a rule, I'm a big boy. If I lose, I'll have to eat it. Sometimes there's things called a calculated risk. This, to me, was a calculated risk. Guess what? I got out of the trade. I made a little bit of money. Certainly not enough to brag about. Now let's talk about Cisco. Cisco was on the board, 43.89. Now it was above 43.89 up until near the opening bell. It got below. And the reason why I wanted to bring this up is, why wasn't there a second number in Cisco? And there is a second number in Cisco, but here's the issue. The second number in Cisco was not close enough to the first number, meaning the stop would have had to be below the second number, meaning way too far from the first number. So I didn't put it on the board. So I figured, here's the deal. Open below the first number, just scratch it off and move on. They never got to the second number. And as you can see, they didn't really react too good to anything today. Here's a chart with the pre-market activity. So you can see what happened. This is the candle ending at 9.20 a.m. And this is the candle ending at 9.30 a.m. So right before the opening bell, they dove down below the number. That tells me a couple of things. A, the number was right, meaning it's an important number. They opened below. We don't want it because that means they're headed to a different destination. You never know which ones are going to give you the rocket ride. Had a couple of fits and starts near the open, but this is a good lesson learned too. So here's an opportunity to learn something. So here's the opening price at $30.93. My number was $30.91. So there's a couple of things going on here at the open that traders need to be aware of. Obviously, I'm speaking to inside the number members. When you see this, one of two things is taking place. Either the market is telling you that's the number. They're going to hit it and they're going to go. We see that a lot. But what we also see sometimes is they open right around the number. Maybe a couple of pennies below keeps us out of trouble, but a couple of pennies above and then they hit it through the floor anyway. So when a stock opens right around the number, traders have to realize it does increase the risk of that trade, but also can be telling you, hey buddy, that's the number. We had two extreme examples today. One was Cisco dove down right before the opening bell, right below the number, and then ping right at the opening bell, still open two pennies below, still dove down, still took off like a bat out of hell. The stock was over 33 bucks by 10.45. What's going on over in Camp IWM? Well, with the daily chart, it's in an uptrend, a little bit far away from home base, the 20 period moving average, going sideways for a couple of days. It's really all we have. Can we call the other day a reversal candle? Sure we can. Have they gotten above the high? No, they haven't. Is it still intact? Sure it is. What's more dominant? The trend. They can jam over the high of that candle from the other day in a minute. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Well, you had that little tail candle yesterday, a little down day today, extended away from home base. Are they just eating some time off the clock, maybe pulling back a little bit, letting price catch down or up to home base, whatever have you? At present, yeah, that's pretty much all that's going on. But don't let the weekly chart fool you. 
The weekly close will be important. We'll cover that after tomorrow's close. Taking a look at the hourly chart of the transports, interesting. You've got a bearish, flaggish thing going on. Does that mean we're going to see another pullback day on Friday with the bearish pattern on the hourly chart? Is that going to begin to materialize to the south side on Friday? It's possible. It's an awareness. We don't know for a fact that it will, but it's interesting. So therefore, we like to know that it exists. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? What's going on over here? Still have yet to get above the highs from the other day, but the trend is up. There's nothing wrong with the tape when you look at the Q chart. We have a doji candle today. Is that important or is the trend more important? Well, they're both important, but guess what? The trend takes precedent. This won't go on forever. Here's your monthly chart, but it can go on for a while longer. How long, and remember, this is a monthly chart, so you have to think in terms of long term, but how long are they really going to stay this far away from home base? Long-term chart, each candle takes an entire month to materialize, but it's the concept. All charts act and react the same way. The daily chart, it's basically riding the trend. So technically on the daily chart, there's nothing doing here. There's nothing wrong with this chart as long as they continue to ride the 20-period moving average. And then we know at some point they will begin to correct. The monthly chart will have a garden variety correction. We'll find price down somewhere in the neighborhood into these moving averages down here. Everybody will be in a panic and it will be a garden variety correction. That's the way the market works. The financials down half a percent today above the moving averages. Okay. In pullback mode. Nothing really wrong with that, but that doesn't mean they can't pull back more. So when we see stuff like this, we know the trend is dominant, same routine. We like to look at other charts, see what else we can find. Hourly chart. So they make a high, reversal candle, come down, fill the gap, find stability, still trading above the gap. Is that normal? Yeah, it's normal garden variety market behavior. Start getting below and closing below the gap. We talked about 25 a couple of days ago. Guess what? That's a different story. Hit 25, turn around and go back in the other direction. That's normal stuff. Smash mouth, the trend is your friend until it's not. Anything to really discuss here other than the fact that it was down one half of 1%. It's a proxy for the tech space, but on a $170 price tag, we're down less than a buck. We're not going to make a federal case out of that. We're going to go with the trend is your friend until it's not. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.